Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. You know, I would like to say that uh, I watched today's movie, mm. um, but unfortunately the movie mostly was completely dark, so I could not have actually seen uh, most of this movie. You know, I, I was thinking about that when there was a moment where... Um, I could read the subtitles clearly, but there was nothing on the screen because it, it was so dark and it was very bright outside here. I mean, we're in one of the hottest days that we've had so far. Uh, I say so far because who the fuck knows what July and August have in store? <laughs> I know, right? Like, it's we're only halfway through January, uh, June. We're only halfway through January. It's already 90 degrees, um, <laughs> is what we'll be saying next year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very uh, soon. But yeah, I, I can totally understand that. I can see where like the the um, the conditions might be just right to, uh, to, to lull you right to sleep. But you wouldn't let that happen. Uh, no, I would never fall asleep during a movie that I needed to watch every minute of to accurately talk about. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what what a bold accusation, I might even say. I accuse nothing. <laughs> I accuse nothing. I just It was only for a few minutes, like maybe 10 uh, minutes. <laughs> I'm I'm curious if well, how can I expect you to remember when when you fell asleep and what you missed because you weren't awake for? <laughs> yeah, I it was like So I fell asleep I think just before they found, not the infected people, but the the regular German people, like just before, because I, I like oh. kind of fell asleep, and then when I woke up, the Germans were in the tunnel, and I'm like, where the fuck do these Germans come they from? They literally you just, know, like, they just fucking yeah. show up like the Germans are wont to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, they're just everywhere. There's probably one in my house right now. Just, uh, you, you never know when, when German yeah. soldiers are just going to show up. No one expects the German Inquisition. <laughs> the German Inquisition. <laughs> oh, um, I, w I wish I, you know, I used to be a student of history, as did, uh, if I remember correctly, you did as well, right? A little bit, yeah. 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 Uh, I wish I, I remembered and retained enough about uh, the history and geography of the time to get some of the what felt like probably sick burns from the German towards his Prussian colleague. <laughs> yeah, there there was a few there, there were a few comments that I was like, this is a deep cut, like right, like this is history nerd like gold. Someone's feelings were hurt by this, but like, I'm sorry, I didn't get it. Yeah, there there's a Prussian in in 1945 going oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> um, so here we are. We are we're in the the back half of of the month of June. Uh on uh the the second portion of our it was the quarterfinals, semifinals? Semi semifinals. Uh, well, uh, technically be the semifinals. Yeah, the, no, no, the quarterfinals cuz four. Cuz well, no, four to two, which is the final. So. Two would be uh, to oh right yeah, yeah so semifinals could, to finals. You can tell we're big sports people here. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how does that work? How again? do brackets work? Uh, the the <laughs> the back half of our of our semifinals, uh, which is kind of funny to say it that way because we're only doing four movies this month, right? Um, but our our bracket to find the worst zombie movie of the month of June here on the Never Heard of It podcast, which. Uh, 
as you may have figured out by now, that's what you're listening to. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and a uh, quick recap uh, for, for those who may be just joining us. Why? Uh, as, as I've said uh, in previous weeks this month, uh, I selected four movies that were, at the time of recording, uh, all available streaming for free on Tubi TV. Uh, all ostensibly appeared to be bad zombie movies, with the thought being, let's find the fucking worst. Let's just see which one of these just really takes the cake as the worst zombie movie of the month. Uh, we're in week three here. To recap the, the first uh, two weeks, we had uh, Strain 100 and Daylight's End. And we had one just absolutely god-awful zombie movie and one vaguely vampiric, but yeah. surprisingly not bad. Uh, so the first half of the month was a, a clear victory uh, Strain 100 was definitely the worst of the two. Uh, and here we are in, in the second half, and it's going to be Trench 11 versus, uh, what did I pick last? I don't even remember. Like, um, I don't even remember either, like, but it, that's the one. One of us has it. One of us has uh, it. Dead Sight. Thank you, Dead Sight. Um, and what I'm finding is an accidental theme that, that I didn't intend. Um, because this isn't really a zombie movie either. Yeah. This, uh, yes. Um, so, I mean, yes. No, you're right. It is not really a zombie movie. Before we get into that, Michael, why don't you tell the people about Trench 11? Hey, so the IMDb description for Trench 11 reads, In the final days of World War One, an allied army unit led by a shell-shocked soldier is sent to investigate a mysterious abandoned German facility located deep underground. What they find is fate worse than death. I mean, that's, that is reasonably accurate. That is, it is a fate worse than death underground. Uh, I feel like they use the term shell-shocked in this description literally just because somebody used it in the movie. It doesn't actually apply. It really doesn't. Yeah, because it's not... That's not exactly how our main character, or I guess main character, I don't know. It, they really didn't like, they really didn't dwell on anyone that much, but I guess he's our main character because we've seen more of him than anybody else. He is essentially, he's the hero of it. Uh, and that brings me to two, like right off the bat, two really interesting things about this particular film. Um, most of the war and war adjacent movies, uh, whether they be actual, like, you know, the, the battle of such and such, or they'd be something like Nazis at the center of the earth, focus around World War II and like as the, the Nazis as the big bad of the 20th century, right? Uh, but here we are in the 21st century where the Nazis are just walking around in the streets openly uh, in the United States. And here we have a film that focuses on Germans as the bad guys, but it's World War I and it's not the Nazis yet. But it's still like yeah. it's Nazi-esque science uh, that brings us to our our just wonderful world of horrors uh, that the the characters are subjected to into this, and I find that that's that's interesting thing number one to me that this is the Germans are the bad guys, but it's not the Nazis. Uh, it's just soldiers that'll just show up and just surprise you. Uh, and two, our main guy, our big hero, Canadian. Yeah. And now, um, I haven't bothered to look yet if uh, Rossif Sutherland is himself Canadian. Let's find that out together. Um, uh, Canadian actor. There you go. Very first thing. So, yeah. he's Canadian. Uh, perhaps, oh. is this film Canadian? He's Donald Sutherland's kid. Of course he is. Of course he yeah. is. Yeah. Love Donald Sutherland. Uh, Country That's of Orange. This is a Canadian film as well. Uh, so well, there you go. That makes sense. Like most, most of the big action films that we see uh, with uh, an English-speaking you know, cast or main character, it's usually a, you know, a cigar-smoking, machine gun toting, Bible thumping, red-blooded American. You hear me? Uh, or it's like a suave, smooth Brit. And here we just have like a crazy eyed, messy haired, like tunneling Canadian. And honestly, I loved it. I loved that premise. I, like it, it made it made for such a, an interesting approach to this kind of uh, war themed horror to have it be like this, like the meekest dude. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that was that was a really interesting thing to me because, like, uh, you know, the movie starts off and we're in a room uh, with, uh, well, after we get a little bl- brief glimpse of the guy being buried, um, which uh, just now I'm realizing was him the first time around. Yeah. But I was like, oh, right, because they're explaining that. I just realized that. But anyways, so we're in a room with, with a bunch of Brits who are um, talking about, uh, you know, Oh, there's all this stuff and we gotta we gotta figure out, you know, like how are we gonna get into this German thing? And, you know, there's these tunnels and they're still around. We think more Germans are in there, but like they're they're leaning into France ground. We got we gotta shut them down. And there's a really good looking British dude in this thing. And so, you know, Hollywood has trained me where I was like, gotcha, he's the main character. Yep. And then when they when they're like, there's only one man who can do this, and I was like, oh, we're getting introduced to to the hero of the story. Got it. Okay, I'm I'm with you. Like, show me the guy. And then they show this guy, and I was like, this guy? Yeah. And he's just like some normal dude. It's- like he's not some Hollywood stud or even like attempting to be. He's literally like body, face, everything. He's just a normal dude. I loved it. I loved it. So that really kind of at first disjointed feeling scene that you described. Uh, we have this man, Lieutenant Burton. Uh, he's a tunneler in the Canadian Army. Um, he was charged with uh, you know, both uh, tunneling under the uh, the German lines in an attempt to like you know, set explosives and collapse their uh, trenches, uh, as well as uh, protecting against infiltration from underground from the Germans during during the trench world war, uh, warfare of World War One, which was brutal, nasty. There's been plenty of serious films that have covered that, um, and he on a on a mission seemingly uh, of a of a rescue nature. Um, he's, he's with some, some comrades. Some of them are, are very obviously, uh, severely injured and me going into this thinking, all right, zombie movie, this is it. Like this guy's going to find some shit deep underground and shit's going to pop off. And like, he's just like, he's expendable. We don't know anything about him at the time. So like, he's just going to fucking die and it's going to be brutal. Uh, but no, like one of his, uh, colleagues gets startled, screams, the Germans above hear them set off their charges and it collapses the tunnel he's in and that scene just ends we we see him like holding up his his uh a, a lit match it blows a little bit in the wind that's an old uh tunneler's trick to determine if there's airflow if there's airflow that means there is some way out uh so that's all we get to get introduced to lieutenant burton before the uh, the scene that you're talking about where we find out that he's the one guy that can save us all I I love, you know, as much as it's such a huge trope of like, there's only one man who can blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, I do I do love a good one, like one with a good reason. Yeah. Like this one, you know, wasn't necessarily like there's only one man that can. It's like it was basically just like, I know a guy who could. I know a guy uh, who's around. Right. And they were like, well, I mean, how could we even find him? He's like. I know where he is, and he's he was uh, off in France, uh, you know, shacking up with Veronique. Yeah, uh, and, you know, they even make a point to say, you know, he's a tunneler who's on his first leave in you know so many months. It's going to be pretty easy to find him. He's where the booze and women are, uh, and specifically yeah. this woman that he's that he's fallen for, um, that her father doesn't approve of. <laughs> oh boy! And so we get the the scene of him like being confronted by MPs and dragged out, you know, against his will. Uh, and then we get our, our ragtag bunch of uh, of six people, uh, including our, our two British intelligence folks that we met uh, previously, who had this whole plan to get behind enemy lines or to, to get into this trench. With the the front has been pushed back, the the war is almost over, boys. Uh, and of course, Lieutenant Burton. But then their uh, their American escort, who nobody wants there. <laughs> Yeah. So, so the American, you know, they describe like, uh, you know, in this meeting with the Brits, they're saying like, well, we have to have the Americans there. And the one goes like, uh, the Americans, you know, like he's just very like, I don't want that at all. Uh, and it's great. Um, but the reason why is because this specific area that they're going to was basically freed, uh, was basically won by the Americans and purchased, I air quotes, um, by them to basically own this land. Um, and so they have to out of like a technicality. Um, and I, I am fairly positive, although it's not explicitly stated, I'm fairly positive that that 
purchased and purchased paid dearly uh, is a euphemism. Like it was hard fought. They took that land from the Germans, uh, liberated it. So like good luck convincing the the Americans to stand back while someone else does a, a big heroic mission. Uh, I think is what they were getting at. I don't think it had anything to do with actually purchasing. But what the fuck do I know? There might be a whole yeah. plot of land somewhere in France that America just owns because we're like, this is ours now. <laughs> you know, do you have a flag? <laughs> um, it's a great, great Eddie Izzard uh, thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so, so you know, the, the they get their crew at six people and basically they're going to go down into these tunnels. Now, I'll be honest, uh, I don't know if this is maybe I dozed for like an instant or something. I'm not fully clear as to the reason they're going into the tunnels aside from there might be other Germans there. So the British intelligence uh, officers are convinced that the German army and particularly this one uh, mad doctor, Herr Reiner, um, was performing some sort of crazy experiments, some twisted science, uh, you know, much like we we often hear about having happened in World War II, uh, the the just absolutely uh, abhorrent uh, science experiments that were being done. Uh, there's rumors and whispers that this Dr. Reiner was doing some of that stuff in this underground bunker, and it like on their way out, they failed to completely like collapse it, which means that the um, the the British and American and in this case also Canadian forces could get in there and perhaps get some you know, get some leg up on the enemy in these final days of the war. Uh, so it's really what it it was it was like we're going in because there might be something to find there is really it. I you know I do like how simple of a plot this movie was so straightforward but it's very straightforward but I I will say that the motivation still feels a little weak um because it it really I didn't really get the sense that there was like a, a an enough of a goal really to make sense for me um but, you know I was like got it they're going in there to see what's going on but like but why the intelligence you know? guys were uh as intelligence guys at least in the movies and I presume in real life too uh cagey about the whole thing they they yeah. were they told just enough to get the mission authorized but not enough to like to make it make sense as the kids say Sure. And, and that's fine, you know, but there, that, that again is one of those things we talk about very often of the information that characters know and the information the audience should know, mm -hmm. you know, so this is another one of those instances that's like, yes, they should have been cagey with the characters, but we should have known a little bit further. Now, for the audience's perspective, that information does actually get filled in for us by the Germans themselves. Uh, yes. So we flash from the the British intelligence briefing where they're they're getting a crew together to the Germans discussing like, hey, we got to get in there and like wreck this shit before the the Brits come in and find our secrets. And Reiner's like, oh yeah, yeah, we like we like the main charges failed to go off when we left, so we we probably should go back and fix that. Wink, wink, and everyone just completely like nobody suspects a thing everyone everything is clearly on the up and up there's no there's no evil science at work here there's there's no double dealing or trickery everything is on the level uh which of course is not true reiner has uh, very obvious ulterior motives for wanting to go back yeah and uh reiner is nicknamed the prophet yeah. uh because it is said that he knows everything mm. uh that is his thing and then that that uh nickname the, the only time that nickname ever like comes to fruition is literally just a joke line or like a zinger line at the end of the movie. They burn you know, him like with a it twice. Cool, yeah. So like, you know, the cool one liners that they, they get to do, but there's no like, oh, see, he knows that, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm thinking of like the Game of Thrones character, the spider who knew everything because he had his web out. And like, we learned that throughout the series that like, oh yeah, he really does know everything. Mm -hmm. It was more of just like you have a cool nickname, and then now we're gonna make fun of you for that nickname. And I think if Taserface, the, yeah, Taserface. <laughs> I think if the film had been more centered around Reiner and his experiments, we might have gotten more of like the like kind of almost 
culty type uh, adherence to him and like why he would be given that nickname and why he would be allowed to do these experiments and what his actual goal is, et cetera. And we do get him, you know, having his, his villain monologue moments a couple of times. Um, but it like, it always feels like he's just not telling us something. And yeah, and it's like, it is, is his character just a little bit cagey like that? Or did they just not give him anything to say? That's to, to your point. Like I, there are some more details that the, the writers could have given us in this. Yeah. Which I mean, again, though, it wasn't a huge letdown because I got enough of a motive yeah. where I was like, this is fine. You know, especially in the, in the beginning of the movie, I was like, you know what, this is enough because the majority of the film is going to be them fighting at the time. I thought zombies, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, that's fine. Like they go down there, discover there's a tunnel full of zombies. They got to fucking fight their way out. Got it. Story. Like it doesn't matter. It's action filled, kill zombies, get out of tunnel. Great. And so, like, we can pause here for a moment, and if this plot sounds familiar to you, um, horror behind enemy lines in, you know, in a war against the Germans uh, and possible zombies, that's because a year after this film came out, uh, a much better known one called Overlord was released that was exactly that. It was zombies created by the Germans in an underground bunker discovered by the allies, I think actually in world war two, I don't remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure overlord was yet yeah, uh, on the eve of D day, the 5th of June, 1944. So, uh, there's a, the, that really interesting parallel where trench 11 is set at the end of world war one overlord is the very, like towards the very end of world war two, like both of these, like as the counter offenses are, are offenses are happening, the lines are being pushed back and the German army is on the brink of surrender. Zombies. Shit. <laughs> Zombies. Uh, and I, I think that that's fascinating because uh, usually when you hear about two movies coming out that are so similar that one feels like a ripoff of the other, the ripoff one comes out after, usually. But I feel like we, we as, a, as a populace, as a public body, had enough... Uh, advanced warning that Overlord was coming that this team was like, fuck yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Um, but calling back to uh, my statement at the beginning of this episode where I said that this isn't truly a zombie film. It isn't, it isn't. Uh, this is almost like someone read the treatment for what Overlord was supposed to be while they were watching uh, the god-awful uh fx i think adaptation of guillermo del toro's the strain yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean this one definitely feels like they're like what if it's zombies but actually you know like that's that's where the thought process is so so the the zombies in this one aren't actually zombies uh, what it is is it's an invasive parasite mm-hmm. that basically invades your frontal lobe and makes you go crazy. But the catch is, is that they, you know, they describe about this is that the go crazy part isn't like a guarantee. So they were trying to basically breed that trait of these parasites to make the go crazy part there. They, you know, they even make, they say, you know, uh, you know, it affects everybody differently. Some people, they just want to have sex all the time. You know, other people like, you know, they do this. And it's like, but some every so often it's this, you know, zombie, this brainless, you know, anger, uh, destruction machine. Yeah. And so that's, we learn that was Reiner's end game here, uh, is that they were developing a parasite, uh, that, uh, Lieutenant Burton correctly guesses was meant to, or no, it wasn't Burton. I'm sorry. It was uh, Dr. Priest. It was the, the British intelligence doctor that came along. Uh, correctly guess was meant to infect the, the Allied forces livestock uh, and thus, you know, help to, to cripple the food supplies and, uh, you know, did, did this kind of covert strike back uh, from, you know, the, the Germans were under siege at the time. Uh, but what happened was that the parasite managed to j- jump hosts from animals to humans and had these unexpected effects. And that's when Reiner began like specifically breeding the parasite for that aggressive uh, response. Uh, thus, essentially 
creating zombies uh, because these people that like their their frontal lobe has been taken over by the the parasites, and so like their personality is gone, and they just attack. And much like zombies, this parasite is spread through bodily fluids. Uh, unlike most zombie stories, though, we get them actually committing to it being spread through bodily fluids, so through blood to, uh, contact with an open wound, uh, saliva or mucus, uh, you know, a bite, or you know, like someone being like vomited on. All of these things are potential vectors for the parasitic infection. And you know what? I'm going to say it right here. I fucking respect that, Matthew Bowie, Boy, and Leo Sherman. Uh, like, good on you, because no fucking zombie stories do that. We talked about that like last week or two weeks ago. How the characters will oh, constantly strain one hundred. Yeah. she had blood go into her mouth. Yeah, they'll constantly be covered in zombie blood, or they'll make a kill with their mouth open, or they'll do the like in The Walking Dead. Like, I love and hate this, where they just like cover themselves in zombie gore to camouflage themselves themselves camouflage to uh, mm, let me put my, my push up my glasses here to camouflage themselves uh they use it for camouflage and like that's a that's a neat trick but also every single one of them would die from getting it in their eyes or like other mucous membranes etc open cuts because they're constantly being cut up people would die just from fucking infections so often in these apocalypse scenarios and like that to me is, I think, the hardest thing to uh, that taxes my suspension of disbelief. I can deal with all of the bullshit of a zombie movie, but the way that people just like shake off a cut that without any kind of medication and while covered in gore would just be so festering and infected. Blech. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, you know, this, for an example, so again, this is set in uh, 1918, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things about this is the, at the end of the movie, the main character has a bullet, uh, hole in his leg uh -huh. and one through the palm of his hand. Mm -hmm. And we see him like casually climb, you know, like carefully climbing up a ladder, you know, trying to avoid, you know, touching his hand. Meanwhile, there's like dirt and shit like falling onto his hand. And then eventually when he gets up onto the surface, he puts his hands flat on the mud mm -hmm. and like uses it normally. And this is a continuity error because he no longer has the bullet wound in his hand uh, in that scene. Um, but he puts, you know, he puts his hand in the muck and then he's just sitting there and then he goes and he just sort of lays out on the ground. And this is 1918, like so many soldiers died from this exact scenario of like, you get a bullet wound, you're nowhere near treatment, you're covered in mud and, you know, it's raining or it's cold. Uh, cause you know, a lot of the, you know, the war, the end of the war was all during the winter, you know, so you're cold and it just, it festers and it gangrenes and then you die. Yep. Uh, and I was like, so this dude's dead eventually. Yeah. Like there's no, like, and we don't get confident. He's not picked up by a bunch of soldiers. Like he doesn't get rescued or anything like that, even though there's an implication that there will be, you don't actually see it happen and i'm like wow so he just dies eventually and got it i, I kind of like that you know we we don't get the the happy ending rescue obviously we're jumping ahead of ourselves but like we we don't get the like the you know, the cavalry cavalry swoops in and rescues them saves the day and he gets carted off and gets immediate medical medical treatment and they're like this guy's best case scenario future uh is that he's going to get just far enough that someone's going to find him take him in he's at least going to lose that hand at least. Yeah. I mean, even, even if he, uh, you know, I would be surprised if he even keeps his, uh, his leg. Mm -hmm. Cause I think he got shot in it twice. Actually. Yeah, he, he definitely got a shot at least once in the leg and once straight through the hand. And uh, yeah, this, this guy, he, maybe he survives, but he does not have a pleasant rest of his life. Also the nightmares. Let's be real. Lots and lots of nightmares. Uh, a lot of shit. I mean, he was already traumatized by being a tunneler and having tunnels collapse and, you know, being the only one uh, to escape after digging himself out from 80 feet below the ground, uh, which I have to tell you, 100% uh, one of my worst nightmares is being anywhere in, in a, a way that I, like, I can't move or, like, I'm stuck underground, like, being buried a lot, like... That Ryan Reynolds movie couldn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Absolutely wouldn't fucking watch it because, like, yeah, I that's can't. such a fucking nightmare scenario to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th this guy's already got PTSD just from his regular, like, we'll say his job here in in the war, uh, and then he he leads this mission, uh, 
And uh, let's be real, people. This is not a spoiler. It's a fucking zombie-ish movie. He's the only one that gets away, and he saw some shit. <laughs> he is the final girl. He is yeah, the, the, that is. Um, and and again, I kind of I kind of love that because he's such an unlikely hero. He's not the big bravado action star. He's literally the specialist that they brought in because he had the skill to theoretically lead this team of intelligence uh, officers and grunts into these tunnels, find the thing that they're after, and get out bef- you know, while like making sure that they blow the, the, the um, tunnels behind them. They, they find and set the, the charges. Uh, and it is actually Lieutenant Burton who discovers Reiner's secret that uh, the main charges didn't fail to go off they were never connected to the detonator. So yeah, you, and you're right about Burton. He he isn't that kind of hero, and he's not even a reluctant hero. He's just like doing his job, and it just happens to be the hero thing. But he's literally just like, well, now I have to do this. Well, now I'm the last one. I'm gonna get out. Yep. You know, like I'm gonna blow the charge. Like, well, he doesn't blow the charge, but you know, he instructs the others to do so. And even as shit starts absolutely falling apart around him, because uh, again, you knew this was gonna happen. They get underground. They open the door. They're not supposed to. Uh, a German uh, C three officer literally is screaming at them. Please don't open that door. We'll all die. And when they threaten to, to shoot him if he doesn't back off, he's like, "No, yes, yes, yes. Please shoot me. Please shoot me." And gets himself killed to not face what's behind that door. Uh, I, I I know it had to happen for the movie, but like I'm watching that and I'm thinking like, "Cool." So we don't go behind that door. We call in an absolute fucking carpet bombing of this area uh just scorch it to to high hell and walk away <laughs> uh yeah but they they continue on and shit goes uh goes to, to pieces as expected they encounter infected uh the men are slowly killed either by infected or by the surprise german soldiers showing up uh and as this is all happening around him he's like listen i'm gonna find the exit Find me in three hours or, you know, have a good life. <laughs> he's he's yeah, not he, like, not the kind of like, I'm, you know, I'll come back for you. No, he's absolutely not. He's like, I'm here to do the job you asked me to do. I will find the exits and then I will leave. I, I mean, he even has that movie at the uh, moment at the end of the movie where, you know, the guy was like, okay, you know, okay, we made the exit. Now we should backtrack and go get the other people. And he's like... No, I think we should go up top and maybe get a whole team to come down here. Yes. He's like, you know, he was like, it was lucky I got out the first time. Like, I don't think that's going to happen again. The guy's like, no, 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 we got to go back. And he's like, eh, yeah, it's, it's me. better yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> better not. Uh, and of course, that's when the Germans come in and we actually see Reiner, you know, Reiner uh, pairs up with Burton and that's our big final battle, I guess. Um, but, you know, so I brought this up in the beginning of the uh, of the beginning of the episode, but this film, ta- look, I get it. It takes place in a tunnel, uh-huh. 80 feet underground. Oh, yeah. You know, the lights aren't on, like the electricity isn't on. They're just going by lantern light. And I get that. I understand it. But there are ways to light where you still feel like it's dark and they didn't. And I guess, you know, I'm all for like within reason. I'm all for keeping things realistic. You wouldn't see anything because there's that. But again, there's information the characters have and information that the audience needs. Mm -hmm. The characters need to say things like, it's so dark I can barely see anything, but the audience needs to see you. They need to see your film. They need to see your work. You can't bury them in blackness because it's realistic. It's bad filmmaking. And like, yeah, that's the thing is... I like I personally don't know how much light a flashlight from you know a military issue flashlight from the early 20th century would give off in a pitch black tunnel. So to me, it would not be suspension of disbelief at all for that to have a real bright beam that just illuminates the room uh, at least enough that we can see the action, especially with six of them walking around carrying them and pointed in the same direction. There should be enough room light to to like see the room that they're in. Like hey, Here's a thought, everybody. Pointing in a different direction. Uh, there we go. We have we have the room covered, fewer shadows, and yes. Yeah, so I mean, the, there's the the whole idea. They they're they're walking into the unknown. There's infected zombie esque creatures in there, 
uh, and it's got to take them by surprise. But you can do that without making it so dark that you can't see even like there's 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 six members of this team at any given time. I couldn't tell who was in what room doing what. Um, and that I think was this film's biggest flaw. You know, and another thing about it, you know, aside from the one older guy, they all kind of looked alike, you know, except for maybe the one who had lighter hair, but like they were all like grizzled white men, you know? So like it was kind of tough at the beginning when they first get together, like the three Americans, I barely could tell them apart. Uh, You know, I didn't know who was who. Pronger stands out, but that's because Pronger was tall, bald, and wearing a legit fur coat. (laughs) Right. You know, like he was, he was one of those ones that like you could see him, but But you know, Pronger, of course, ends up going away early. Yeah. You know, so like it, I don't know. But yeah, it was very wild. The rest of them, the, 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 the other two American soldiers and even to, you know, to a large part, uh, Burton and the, the Brits with low enough light. Yeah. Who, like who's who here? And, you know, we, we have, of course, the, the trope of the, the leader of this group um the he's a he's a major i believe if i remember he's a major something i'm absolutely looking at the wrong movie so that's why i'm never gonna fucking find yeah major jennings uh played by ted atherton um he is absolutely insistent that they're going to like find like the greatest discovery for british intelligence and that's going to get him his his promotion before the end of the war because goddamn it he's earned it and even when things are absolutely obviously going straight to hell and all of the men are like hey we don't want to do this anymore we're all going to get killed what if we just fucking blow this place and get the hell out he's like no we have to keep going and they're like you are you are absolutely insane and he turns on them. It's got Pronger at gunpoint. There's a whole standoff thing, uh, which, of course, were saved by the Germans. And by saved, I mean two out of the three are killed. <laughs> yeah, they kind of come in and just end that that mutiny standoff <laughs> real fast. But uh, like that trope of like, the the leader who's like, no, no, you you obey my orders, even when they're obviously the worst fucking orders. And like you're not fit to be doing this and you're not putting like you, the safety of your team over whatever your goal is. Like, it's, I don't, I don't know how often that happens in, in real life. I hope not very often, but like, it's definitely a, a tired trope to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those ones that, you know, especially I think for this movie specifically that it felt very unrealistic because we had the vagueness of what exact, like they didn't say we're there to see, steal Serum X, you know, like there wasn't like the specific thing that they were going in to find. They were kind of going in to see if there was anything to find. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know they were going to find anything to begin with. So there wasn't a very specific goal, just kind of a, Hey, we're going to wander around, grab up shit and then bounce. Uh, so I think that's the reason why when he's like, no, we have to complete this mission. I was like, do you though? Yeah. Like, what even are you doing? Seriously, like, like the, the only thing that you have to do is get your team out of there alive and blow this place up so no one else can can find their way. I mean, you you already know some really bad shit is going on there. And like, there's some documents later on that you can grab and run and maybe that'll provide valuable intelligence. But you're, you know, May you know it could be one of those situations, but they'll get back and they'll tell people, and no one will believe them. Okay, cool. But you made it back is the thing. Yeah. Even if no one ever yeah. believes you that Reiner was essentially creating parasitic zombies underground. Fucking. So what? You're alive. Um. We did have another uh like I think well used uh not not super tired. And in this case, also well executed, executed, executed trope uh, in this, which is the um, see enemies to friends because they don't have time to become, become lovers. Uh, but the the unlikely team up between uh, our, our hero, Lieutenant Burton, and one of the the German soldiers, uh, which I believe was Captain Muller, uh, was a. His his yeah it was Captain uh, Mueller, uh, played by Sean Benson. Who uh, just a, a, a quick uh, aside here for anyone who listened to our bonus episode uh, this past Thursday. A uh, little little bit of a tie-in. Uh, he was Ezekiel in The Boys. 
Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and well, I, a little I, bit of star power there. I knew I kind of recognized him, but like it didn't, it, like it wasn't clicking who he could possibly be. And I otherwise like didn't recognize anyone in this film, which I thought was kind of neat. Like it's pretty rare that I see a movie that isn't like just complete, like no budget garbage where I don't recognize anyone. And I think that that's neat. I mean, obviously, like you said, we have Donald Sutherland's son. That's kind of a big deal. We have Sean Benson, uh, who was more well-known than I thought. I just didn't recognize him. So now I'm curious what the rest of these guys were in. I'm not going to do the research, but I am curious. You guys can look it up. IMDb. Uh, wait, what's the name of this movie? Trench 11. <laughs> Trench 11. But yeah, so... Trench 11. Uh, Captain Captain Muller and uh, Lieutenant Burton... Uh, end up being together and like finding the the explosives, rigging them up, and they you know they obviously start out as enemies. They're they're on opposite sides of this war, but they reach an understanding where they're both just like we just want to get out of this alive, and we want to stop this fucking madness because Reiner is out of his mind, and he's going to get a lot more of both sides killed, uh, and like this is this is going to be real bad if this this parasite gets out. So they work together. Uh, of course, with the the heroic sacrifice of Muller, who, who gets his leg broken pretty badly by one of the the infected and has to stay behind. And uh, Burton had this brilliant idea of rigging up a timer initially so they could they could escape. And he was using someone's old like hand wind alarm clock, uh, which I haven't seen one of those in live action in probably decades they're all the time in cartoons um the kind with the little bells on top like (laughs) um burton's got that ready to go rigged up and of course that that gets destroyed in the attack and so muller's gonna stay behind and and trigger the explosions but he's he's gonna give his boy burton time to get out and uh you know i i kind of liked that scene it was kind of tropey but it, it it was executed well, and uh, you know, it, I felt I felt for Mueller. He he really he didn't want any of this shit either. Yeah, you know, I, that scene is is you know is a good example of like military camaraderie. You know, like the brotherhood they always talk about like that, mm-hmm. and that's definitely what it felt like. Where they were like, no, like we're soldiers, and this is what we got to do, and there's mutual respect. Yeah, uh, I did I did enjoy that, and you know, his scene at the end, uh, very reminiscent of Terminator Two. Uh, when when the guy in Skynet is holding the the bomb at the end and all the soldiers come in, he's like, I don't know how long I can hold this thing up. And then they like freak out and he goes ah, and drops it and then it's boom and they blow up Skynet. Yep. Uh, great scene. Terminator 2. Great movie. I was like, I appreciate when when something like that is is done and pulled off well, because, you know, we've talked about before, like the, the heroic sacrifice done horribly wrong, where like yeah. it, it has no effect at all or like it was completely unnecessary, like with that weird uh, ne- necrotronic or whatever the fuck, where the yeah you know, the the mentor guy from the hero's journey just dies completely unnecessarily. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. He just st- he was standing there. There was no one there, and he was like, "Go, I'll stop them." It's like, there's no one there. There's, there's, <laughs> there's no one to stop, man. You could you could have made it. There's literally nothing stopping you from joining. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, with with Mueller, his legs broken. Yeah, he the. You know, barely going to make it out of that room, much less like climb through these trenches and whatnot. So like that, that made sense. And it, it gave, it gave Burton the out that he needed. So I, you know, I, I, I it kind of worked for me. I, you know, one thing too, I want to bring up about this movie. And, uh, you know, we talked about when they first get down to the first big office area in the trench area and mm. they see the German soldier mm-hmm. and he's like, don't go in the room. Okay. If you're going to go in the room, fucking kill me right now, yeah, please. Uh, is that was the first instance of seeing any sort of violence. Mm. Um, and it was really shocking, but not in the way, not in the way of like, oh my God, shocking. But they went very like cartoonish, campy gore. Uh, and I was like, that's, what what are you doing like what like it just felt so off for the way the movie was presented and then we all, we don't really get a lot of that there's a couple of other scenes but the movie wasn't so violent that it made sense yeah that it was just weird that i i didn't realize until you said that out loud that that was something that was that was off to me is that yeah i mean you have this this moment where the the guy you know like sticks the the american shotgun in his mouth and next thing we know like the back of his head is coming off in that like ultraviolet head explosion sort of way and you're like, okay, got it. This is going to be one of those. But it really wasn't. 
And like, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is that much more jarring to have it happen once than it is to have it happen repeatedly. Yeah, and there's two other instances. You know, there's an instance where a guy is choked out and you see his eyes swell up and Mm -hmm. his skin gets all weird and it, it like, turns into almost, like, claymation. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt very claymation-y. You know, like, we're talking, like, Total Recall, like, special effects, like the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) Uh, Like, it kind of felt like that and it was just so, like, campy that it was kind of, like, it was almost silly in a way. You know, so when it finally happened, I was like, this is silly. Yeah. You know, like I was like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing. And there was like only, only like maybe three instances total. But again, to be, to be fair, there really is not a lot of action in this movie. Yeah. Um, like there really was just, uh, you know, like a couple of gunshot things here and there. And then like maybe two encounters with zombies, like two or three. And that was it. That, that brings us back to again, why this both kind of is and isn't a zombie film. I mean, obviously we have, we have people that are infected, they become violent, they kill. So classic zombies, but it really doesn't follow any of the rules of a zombie film. Uh, other than they, they bite and can infect the next person. Yes, that that can happen, but it doesn't really happen a lot. Um, a headshot is not required because they're not like they're not shambling corpses. They're just being controlled by a parasite. So the right. the things that kill the host, like don't nec- they don't kill the parasite, but it kills the host and stops it. Uh, a little too convenient with some of the instant deaths. I mean, a gut shot is going to be a slow and painful death not an instant kill like a headshot or a heart would be. Uh, so they play a little fast and loose with that, but you know, they, they don't follow that rule. There's not the, um, you know, person gets bitten and hides it. You know, one guy gets spit on like this mucus stuff and he's covered it. And like he, you can see it on his face. He recognizes the moment that someone says like that this is a parasite. He's like, Oh, I'm fucked. Uh, and then eventually does turn and gets killed, but is like, he's not intentionally hiding in it and everyone saw it happen. So everyone knows. And like none of the, like the classic zombie stuff. And we, we don't, we don't face really a horde. They just kind of come like one or two at a time. In fact, there's a scene where a couple of guys are making a stand in a room and zombies just come down the hallway one at a time. Like they poke their heads out like, ah, there you are. And they come running, they get killed. The next one is like, ah. Aha, I found you. And they get killed. Uh, Again, almost kind of comical there. Uh, But none of the, like, none of the real tension of, uh, no, tension's the the wrong word because there is tension in this film. None of the just, like, aggressive, all-out conflict of what we would expect in a zombie film. The stakes don't feel as high, um, which they really could have done to an interesting degree because it's such a close quarter thing. Uh, instead, they chose to create this scenario where the infected are there and they could show up at any moment, but they're not really the main focus. Yeah, they definitely don't feel like the big bad. You know, Reiner Reiner fits that goal, and in fact, this this movie plays off more like a more like a military film, mm-hmm. you know, like a war movie than it does a zombie movie because the zombies are very secondary. Agreed. You know, like it is more of what like Reiner like getting the germ killing the Germans that are in the tunnel with them and getting out of the tunnel alive. Oh, also they're zombies. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of what it felt like. Um, so I completely agree with you uh, on that one. Um, so we already told you the ending, uh, about it. Is there anything else we should bring up about this movie? I'm trying to think of, of anything that like stood out that we haven't talked about. I mean, other than Reiner getting his comeuppance when, uh, a vial of his own sample gets like shoved through his eye, uh, during the explosion. I mean, that was kind of cool. Also poetic because, um, when he kills the doctor, uh, he does it via torture and removes the doctor's eyes. We don't see that, thankfully, because I probably would have stopped watching at that point. Um, we know that it that it's about to happen, and then later we see the aftermath of it. Uh, so I think it's just kind of a poetic thing that just before he dies, he gets one of his eyes gouged out. Yeah, uh, which it, it, that was another one where I was like, that's a little cartoonish and campy, it but was very, okay, like, let's go with it. It was yeah. extremely cartoonish. Um, yep. But, but I mean, he was kind of a cartoonish villain. It was he was. All about, yeah. like, the culture and the poetry and, like, look at what I've done for science and, like, 
these French, like they're like they're shit at fighting, but their food's incredible, and like all of this, like very like grandiose talk uh, for a guy who is developing a parasite to to kill people. Uh, and yeah, ah, uh, yes, uh, the French, known for their good cuisine. Yeah. That's that's a true fact. <laughs> I um, I loved that when he's like, you know, he, he talks about you know, so much joy in their food. You know how much joy is in German food. <laughs> which i mean that's yeah i love german food but i i think i would agree it doesn't it's not particularly joyful cuisine it's 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 gut cuisine it's it's hearty it's, cuisine it's yeah. keep you warm in the winter months cuisine yeah i mean that's that's kind of like you know my grandma used to make a lot of like polish and ukrainian dishes uh-huh. and it's you know a lot of that is like you know we would eat it and be like i mean i guess it was filling you know like it's not good but it was like I get it. You're, you're just trying to live. The best part is he's doing this whole villain monologue to a British man. And if anyone knows about bland food, it's the Brits. I'm sorry. I love English food too, but like it's true yeah. and everyone knows it. <laughs> oh, I'm desperately craving mushy peas oh and like fish and chips. Also, I've been watching Ted Lasso. So I think that's where it's kind of coming from. I, uh, if, if I weren't off red meat, I would absolutely fucking house a shepherd's pie right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, there it is, Trench 11. Uh, it is currently streaming on Tubi TV in America as of time of recording this episode. So if you want to catch up and uh, watch this one and, and the other three zombie movies we have done so far, mm-hmm. and you want to get ahead with the bracket, so Strain 100 won the first set, uh, the first semifinals. Now we're going to go up against uh, the winner of uh, Trench 11 and Dead Sight, and whoever wins that one, they're going to pair up against each other and see who was the worst zombie movie of June. It's true, it's true. Um, So you've got to make sure you tune in to next week's episode to both hear about Dead Sight as well as to hear not only did this movie do worse than Dead Sight, uh, and also... Does anything beat Strain 100 for how bad it was? I mean, I got an inkling of uh, how this contest is going to end, but we'll see. I may be surprised come dead sight. I, so, I have been surprised to a certain extent every week so far this month. Um, so I guess uh, re-examine your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is so the best way to get notified about all of this is subscribe we have brand new episodes every thursday and sunday on thursday is our bonus episodes where we talk about what we're watching what's you know what's in entertainment news uh coming up and then on sunday is our movie review episodes as we have done weekly since the beginning of time i.e five years ago <laughs> uh, like. so if because <laughs> it's been a while so uh if you're at all interested make sure to drop that uh, subscribe and if for some reason you want to see us in person or virtually uh to watch us talk about our bonus episodes you can find us on youtube uh that's youtube.com slash at night shift mg which coincidentally at night shift mg is also where you can find us on social media hey. we're on both twitter and instagram at night shift mg it's just that easy so hit us up, let us know. Uh, let us know. That's also where you can see we'll have posted the bracket there, so you can see who's in the lead and what movies are coming up. Um, but there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for listening. We super appreciate it. We're very excited for next week to uh, show off to to fi- finish out this contest and see who will be the worst zombie movie of June. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next time. <laughs>